Hello, listener. It's your dynamic duo of creativity and co-host, Chris. And Rick. Today on the podcast, we have James Sizemore, known by many as Mr. Goblin, who was raised in rural Georgia on land inhabited by his ancestors for generations. According to friends and family, Little James was always something of an improbable event generator, a locus for spooky happenings and near-death experiences. During his childhood, James survived electrocution, drowning, and one very dicey run-in with an Alabama freight train. Sleepover guests reported poltergeist-like activity, UFO sightings, and telekinesis. From the moment he could lift a crayon, these mysterious events began to influence him, but indications he was gifted were delayed until the age of seven when young Sizemore was waylaid on the toilet by a sudden swarm of phantom goblins. James has explored a wide range of artistic endeavors in an effort to exercise these monsters. He has been a sculptor, painter, musician, filmmaker, and monster suit maker. The culmination of these various pursuits have been Wonder Goblin Toy Company, his best effort to pacify the goblins yet. James designs, sculpts, and prototypes his monsters by hand, and not only does he paint his own toys, James also owns his very own paint company, VinylWonder.com. This toy paint is specifically formulated to chemically bond with his vinyl toys to ensure that his artwork is archival and, most importantly, playable. Welcome to the show, James. It's such a pleasure to have you, and we'd love to know what is your origin story how did your creative journey into toy making begin well well thanks for having me appreciate that i let's see my origin story okay i guess i got to go back to to like just when i first started making art because i because i first started like sculpting when i was a kid because my parents were were both potters and so they gave me they you know i was always hanging out in the in the studio you know just messing around with clay and everything and and would always sculpt like little dinosaurs and animals and little creatures and stuff like that. But it wasn't until I'd say I was about seven years old and I, <laughs> it's going to sound crazy, but I, I, I saw, I started seeing things as a kid. Like I, I would, I would just be like sitting on the toilet and then like all of a sudden, like, like weird kind of demonic faces would like float up out of the out of the floor or I'd be like hanging out in my bed and then like all like weird goblin faces would kind of like 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 little like ghostly sort of like apparitions kind of like see-through uh would kind of like float down out of the ceiling and started having like weird kind of ghost things happening and and okay I, I grew up on land that was inhabited by my ancestors for like six generations and the house that I grew up in was you know the previous generation's house that partially burned down in a fire and then and got rebuilt. So there's a lot of weird energy uh, on our property and stuff. And, but yeah, I, I saw a lot of weird stuff and I heard a lot of weird stuff and it influenced me. And I got really into drawing creatures and monsters and ghosts and supernatural things and uh, sculpting them and stuff. And from then on, and just over the years of just kind of dabble on different things you know oil painting is has been the thing i've kind of stuck with the longest and and done for the longest and um but i just kind of do that for myself really you know it's it's hard to make a living as a as a painter so i and i don't really like the, the whole gallery scene that that all that encompasses and everything the fine art scene it's it's not really for me but 
I started making monster ma like masks and stuff oh uh a while back maybe 15 years ago or so now and I was making like uh low budget monster movies and stuff with friends and everything and I got hired to do some special effects work for some low budget movies and some monsters make monster suits and stuff and really enjoyed that sort of like bringing my creatures to life in that way but the stress of you know the the just the film industry and everything that comes with that kind of got to me over the years and so I, I quit that and just decided to get to one of my childhood obsessions and passions which was toys and took those big monsters and turned them into little small you know handheld monsters and just <laughs> fell in love with the process had to teach myself a lot of it um but you know learned from different people different you know meeting meeting different toy makers and stuff that I've looked up to over the years at conventions and stuff and picking their brains and learning stuff and just yeah just that's that's the thing that I've stuck with the longest out of everything is the making the toys because it's I love how you can make so many of them and reach so many people and, and make it affordable you know I love I love trying to make art that's affordable and everything and and so that's what's kind of kept me going in it is just the the accessibility of how my art can be accessible to people in, in a way that's it's fun and, and interactive you know I actually love the fact that it's like this whole nice little creative fun journey from this whole childhood and you you've kept it going on and you've been able to like pass it on to other people and like pass out the joy to everybody like that's the real fun of being a creative person right that's the driver for in my world what a good yes yes i totally agree it's that's what it's all about man it's um it's you know we're here to to connect to others you know i feel like as artists that's that's our purpose you know to connect to to other like-minded and 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 not like-minded people you know just like to, to 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 in some way you know either challenge or you know foster that that good energy you know yeah to keep keep it moving so so outside so you're motivating others but what other stuff keeps you motivated like what keeps you going on every day to to keep doing this well i mean it's just i just <laughs> my I, my brain doesn't stop and yes. I, yeah, it, it, it's not, it's something I've worked on. It's kind of a problem. I, I, I like in the, in the past, I've been like a workaholic big time and it, I just had this sort of like undying anxiety, like kind of eating away at me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like back to those demons, those monsters, you know, that, that I was seeing as a kid, like, those, those things like pressing me to be the best of the best and to succeed and to be known. And, and, you know, so I worked really, really hard, harder than I needed to, uh, I think. And I was, I was very competitive when I first started out making toys and I just wanted to, I just wanted to be like the best of the best. You know, I was just like, ah, oh, I, I, I I'm, I'm going to try so hard at everything I do here. And, and, you know, and of course, you know, our capitalist society you know, rewards you for that, right? So that helped. <laughs> and, you know, it took me a while, but I eventually woke up to the fact that, you know, that kind of in inspiration, I guess, that source of inspiration was, was sort of killing me and, and draining me slowly. So over the years, I've been working on myself in a way that's like, 
trying to find just like literally the beauty in just the process of just making it because that's that's what I loved so much when I was younger you know about making art was just getting my hands dirty and just sculpting in the clay and feeling the clay and just like being present in that moment and you know having like a good movie on in the background and putting you know like you know purple people eater you know on or something or Willy Wonka you know or some you know an old Godzilla movie or Ultraman or something just something in the background to like listen to and sort of just tap into that uh, raw, you know, creative, fun childhood energy and just like make the thing and then, you know, paint the thing and just enjoy the process of just, you know, painting it and then like not caring whether it's going to sell or like how much it's going to sell for or who's going to buy it or what, just, just making it, putting it on the shelf. And then when I've got enough of them be like, okay, I think I need to pay the bills this week. I'll put, I'll sell these toys, you know? And so, so I don't really have like a, like a set of influences per se that like kind of keep me going as a, as a toy maker. I've just, I just have sort of found, I guess all I can say is I've kind of worked through some, some stuff to end up kind of finding my flow, I guess you would say, you know, to kind of just kind of, I wake up, I just do my thing and then I, I let it go and I, you know, get back to my family and stay present with that. And then, you know, when I got time, I, I draw creatures. When things pop in my head, when I get an idea, oh, that's a, that'd be a fun thing you know, to make. I'll, I'll draw it down on a piece of paper and with, you know, hundreds of other things that'll never get made that are sitting in, in sketchbooks, you know? <laughs> and it's cool. I don't worry about it. It's just, okay, so, you know, the things that are supposed to get made will get made and just kind of go with the flow, you know? Yeah, I love that. A question I have kind of one as, as a fan of your work and collector and, and just I think as another creative, how do you parse like you mentioned kind of just going with the flow? How how do you parse which kind of ideas you take to maybe a sculpture or even to a prototyping phase or, you know, all the way to production or which ones you're kind of like, oh, you know, like that was fun, but I think that's just gonna stay as a drawing or a sketch. Like what is do you have a process or is it more of an intuition type feeling that you go with? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say I have a little bit of a process for that, but it's, it's, it is also very intuitive. I, I will step back after drawing something, you know, for an idea for a toy, I'll, I'll usually kind of simmer on it for a while, uh, sometimes a couple of years. And sometimes that's just because I'm slow at, at working. And, and so I'm, I'm usually like working on other things when I come up with another idea and I don't have time to come back to it until much later. And as I was saying earlier about how it's, as artists, it's important to connect to others. You know, I feel like that is something to take into consideration when you're trying to decide, oh, this is going to be something I spend thousands of dollars on to make molds of. I'm going to be putting, you know, years of time into to bring it to life, not just in like the creating of the of the of the thing, but like, you know, all the runs I'm going to be painting of it, you know, all the, you know, I'm going I'm to have to at least sell like a couple hundred of these things to, you know, make it worth it, right? And so <laughs> I just look at the designs that I have in front of me and I think to myself, what is what here is something that other people would also like, you know, not just something that I want to do. You know, because if you know, I, you should be yourself. You should do what you want. You should express yourself and, and be honest with and genuine, 
right? But you also want to, you know, we're making toys here. You know, I'm not, I'm not making an oil paint. If I wanted to just express my own, you know, thing and be as weird as I wanted, you know, I'll just paint it, you know, and, and make it for me, put it up on my wall in my bedroom and look at it and be like, oh, that's nice. I like that. But for something that I'm going to, you know, invest a, a lot of money in and, and time in that I want a lot of to connect to a lot of people with, you know, I'm just going to kind of, huh, this, I think this is something that people are going to gravitate towards because this is the kind of thing that, oh, yeah, this reminds me of something that like I loved as a kid, you know, and like a lot of other kids loved this, you know, and so it's got my own spin on it. But you know, it's 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 still still unique in, in my own kind of way, but something that other people can can understand too. And it's it's not too obscure, right? So like, you know, when I when I came up with the Fantasaur idea that I'm working with Magitarius on, you know, I was just looking around at all my dinosaur toys from when I was a kid and I was <laughs> I just asked, I was like, why haven't I made a dinosaur toy yet? <laughs> and it kind of dawned on me, I was like, oh, it was I was kind of afraid. To because it's such an obvious pick, you know, that it, it's like it's you got to be careful <laughs> not to seem like you're sort of like following a trend, you know, and, and just sort of like going with the hype and stuff. It's like, okay, how can I do this and make it me? And and then I talked to Magitarius and like, how can we do this and make this like, like you guys? And like, how can this be something that we all really get excited about and have fun doing that reminds us of things that we would have wanted to play with as a kid? And we are just like, let's just, you know, let's just come from it in a place that's like sort of a middle, middle ground, right? You know, let's, let's be ourselves. Let's express things that are, you know, ideas that, you know, are unique to our own sort of styles. but let's make an effort to connect to people too so that we can all enjoy this together you know you mentioned the collaboration with magitarius and i know that you've worked with skinner and candy bolton and i think like a bunch of other people in your i know like grizz business do you prefer more collaborations or do you prefer kind of when you get to fully kind of take something from start to finish or do you do both you know, like, like how, tell me how you kind of think about and approach like your working style around collabs. Well, I, I love working with people. I mean, I like, I feel like that's, you know, the fun of being alive and on a planet filled with people, right. It's just working with other people and I'm kind of a hermit naturally. I live out in the country, far away from everybody, you know, the closest grocery store to me is like 30 minutes away. So I, you know, working, working with people is, is really good. For, it's really good for my mental health. It's good for my soul. So I love it. I love working with artists that I respect and, and vibe with. And I also love working by myself and doing my own solo kind of thing. I guess it's just kind of a balance, you know, when I feel like I need to kind of take a step back and just focus on something personal, I'll do that. Lately, I've more and more just been doing that with my own painting. Like I, I've, I've, when I'm getting that sort of, oh, I need to just work on myself and express something that's has nothing to do with, you know, making money. It has nothing to do with, you know, getting likes, you know, on social media. It's all, this is all just for my spirit. 
then I'll just sit down in front of my canvas or, you know, a wood panel and I'll just oil paint and just make stuff that I kind of just keep to myself or, you know, other, other things that, that I'll, I'll do just for personal art expression, like, you know, sculpt something, sculpt a little clay ceramic, something like to, to be fired in the, in the kiln, you know, just a one-off little sculpture that I'll, I'll put out in my rock garden or something, you know, but when making toys, I, I feel like it's it's really great to work with people because there's so many parts of the process. And as a toy maker, it's good to kind of let go. And and it, for me, it, I've noticed at least it's 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 nice to kind of let go a little bit of certain parts of the process and not be so controlling and and to just kind of see what happens when you birth something with with, with someone else, you know and that the fun that comes from that is is really exciting and because you know it can get overwhelming all the little all the little parts you know like oh you gotta i gotta design this and then i gotta sculpt this and then i gotta prototype it you know and like make a wax prototype then i gotta send that wax prototype off to you know japan or hong kong or you know california wherever and and get it made into a mold and then i gotta get those made into vinyl and then I got to take the vinyl pieces and then I got to assemble them or, you know, and, I, and then I, I got to, you know, clean the vinyl and then paint the vinyl and then I got to promote it. And then I got to take photos of it and then I got to sell it, you know, and then I got to pack it up and I got to ship it out. And so it's like, if you can do that with someone else, you know, so that you can sort of like divvy up the responsibilities, it makes the process a lot more enjoyable in my opinion. <laughs> James, I'm in love with you, man. I, oh. you, you. You're a, a true inspiration and a, and a fabulous creative person. Oh, thanks, man. I love you too. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> and you've had an interesting career and you've done all this stuff and you continue to keep going and keep going and keep going. How, when you're a creative person, there's, there's all these hard parts and the things that keep you down. How do you personally keep going? How, how do you get past those hard things? what are your either motivations or how do you get around it or, or keep finding the joy in what you do? To, and the reason I ask is to creative people, this is, you know, the part that kills a lot of them. And how, how do you keep it going? Well, you, I think that it's important to not take yourself so seriously. That's a, that's a key thing, right? You have to remember that, <laughs> And, and okay, just as a disclaimer, you know, like I, I'm a, I'm a nobody. All right. I, I, I'm just a small fry. I'm very insignificant in this universe. And, and, and so you, this is, this could not be right for everyone. This is, this is what works for me, but you know, that, that insignificance is, is, is a healthy thing to feel, I believe, you know, just trying to remember whenever you start to feel, um, really burnt out and really um down and depressed about your work and stuff I, I feel like a lot of it stems especially these days a lot of that stems from not feeling accepted by like if your if your work's not selling very well you know and so you're not feeling appreciated as an artist or if you're not getting a lot of the feedback you want on social media and so you don't feel accepted by your peers and and all these things these are all these are all these all kind of go back to your ego right you know and you not feeling your ego not feeling like it's getting enough attention and so that that makes us sad 
And then if we can just remember that we aren't important and nobody else is either, you know, we're all equally insignificant, you know, and to just be humble and to treat others with that same humility, I, I feel like that can help a lot, at least with me, it has. And, you know, it, it's it's so easy to get kind of caught up in the hype of wanting to feel like you're um, more important than you are. And if you can just kind of remember that it's none of that matters, you know, we're, we're all going to die so soon. It's going to, it's like, it's like death is coming right around the corner. And so like, none of that matters. The only thing that matters is, to, is that you're having, are you having a good time? Are you enjoying what you're doing? If you're not enjoying it, then you shouldn't be doing it. You should find something else to do. Like if, if making toys or painting paintings or sculpting sculptures or writing or making music, whatever you're doing, if, if it's, if it's stressing you out, then you're doing it wrong. You know, like that whole, like an artist must suffer. That's, it's, that's malarkey. That's not true. It's not true. <laughs> it's, 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 it's wrong. It's, it's <laughs> those people, they've got it all backwards. They haven't figured it out. The, the joy of just like being present with their work and just like, making something and, and just that that process right there being the beautiful part of it all you know and, and if you need to make money at doing something else so that you're not stressing about the money part of it and you can just work on your work for the sake of working on your work then then just get a day job you know i know so many people so many toy makers that have day jobs and do other things yeah it's it's totally cool it's totally great because it takes the pressure off right so you know, I, that's, I mean, that's like, once again, like I said, you know, that, <laughs> I'm a nobody. So don't, it, this, this might not be right for you, but like this, this is what works for me. I am the biggest Ray Harryhausen nerd you ever, I'm like, he's my ultimate idol. And if you oh, ever read his stuff, that's what Ray says. Like there's a famous story when he was a little kid painting on the glass and he got so frustrated, he broke the glass and he lost you know, weeks worth of work. And uh, that's when he realized, like you're saying that you just, you have to enjoy it. You have to take the time and stop trying to be the perfectionist or you're going to break, break it. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to ruin it. You're going to ruin the beauty of it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Ray, Ray Harryhausen, total inspiration. Oh God. He, like yes. what a, <laughs> amazing amazing work body of work that he did in his life and and, and you know just <laughs> if it wasn't for him you know we wouldn't have godzilla we wouldn't have all the all the stuff that we have it, it, if it wasn't for ray harryhausen and king kong you know <laughs> yeah that's my <laughs> guess <laughs> i love what you shared james i think focusing on the process as opposed to maybe the outcome is so important because the the outcome you can't actually control, right? Maybe you can control like the final, like what it looks like or something. But in terms of like you're saying, the social media reception, the sales, all of that, those are all things that are so external to us. And all you can really do is just control the the process. And so I, I guess, is there maybe a favorite part of the process for you in the full kind of production cycle of a toy? Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know... <laughs> I go, I go kind of back and forth between sculpting and painting, but I, I'd have to say there's nothing quite as exciting as when you get that first test pull and 
you get to do the first few paint jobs. You get you get a few test pulls and and you're just kind of I'm just like having fun painting, you know, for the first time on this on this design, on this sculpt of mine. I I like I like all kinds of aspects of it though. I mean like it 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 really depends on the figure, I think. You know, like for um for my Papa Squatch figure, for for the Sasquatch figure, I really enjoyed sculpting that. That that took me a long time. It was really big. I like sculpting big. And that was very nice. That was very nice to 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 sculpt him and bring him to to see him coming to life. It was so exciting. Every day I'd come down and I and you know, just to, oh, you know, I'm starting to see his eyes come in, you know, and around around the wrinkles in his eyes and stuff. And that that kind of thing was just really exciting for me. But then like, you know, on some of my smaller toys, um, sculpting is, is harder for me because my hands are kind of big. And so like holding a tiny little piece of clay can like my hand will cramp up and it'll like hurt my tendonitis and my arthritis, it'll kind of act up my thumb arthritis and everything. So I'm just like sculpting the small stuff isn't so fun. That's something I kind of have to power through. But then when it comes to like painting the little guys, it's really fun because I can just, you know, get a whole bunch of them and just kind of go through them real fast. I'm like, oh, this is fun. I'm just kind of Choo, 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 you know, like assembly line painting them. And uh, so, yeah, it just depends on the, on, on with what the toy is, what the design is, how big it is, you know, how, what, like, what kind of, what the subject matter is, I feel like is, is all kind of, you know, with the Phantasaurs, I, my the most fun part of the process has just been drawing them, uh, just, just designing, just drawing a little pieces of paper, just doing a rough drawing and then giving it to Magitarius and then watching, you know, him like, Mike, just amazing sculptor, and just watching him sculpt it and bring it to life, and me not having to lift a finger there, just, just getting pictures, you know, of the of the sculpt coming together and being like, oh yeah, it's so exciting. Just that's that's been really fun. So yeah, it's it just kind of varies. That's cool. And being that you brought up the painting process, I do want to touch upon the fact that you also founded a vinyl toy paint company the only one in the u.s that i'm aware of at least vinyl wonder and so how was that process or could you tell us a little bit more about like how that came about like i know you you have a chemist that you were working with to yeah. formulate all of this stuff and now you run a paint company on top of the toys and so like yeah i'd love to hear a little bit just about how that came about and what it's been like kind of maybe shifting more towards I don't want to say that that toy creating isn't entrepreneurial because it most definitely is. But I th I feel like Vital Wonder becomes a little bit more of a different type of business. But I just love to hear more about that journey for you, how it's been for you. Well, yeah, that's that has been a journey. And uh, <laughs> I, I guess it all started years ago. I mean, you know, when I, when you first start painting vinyl toys and when you first learn that the only thing that sticks to vinyl is vinyl paint. You know, and you know, I remember back when I first started, all that was available was like you could get V color sometimes through Gunzo, and I think Mad Ape had just started. Well, no, I don't think Mad Ape when I first started painting, I don't think Mad Ape was around yet. It, it was it was just V color, and then you could get like Monster Color, you know, which wasn't even vinyl paint; it was like urethane, you know, automotive paint and stuff and and every time i would like it was like the v color was always like super overpriced and and 
hard to get. You can't get that many colors, you know, and like you got to know somebody in Japan to, you know, smuggle back some fuck paint for you, you know, or, or so, you know, something. It's just crazy. Just getting the paint. And then like the monster color would like scratch off at the joints when you tried to assemble it and flake off, you know, and all this, all these problems. And so I just started making my own vinyl paint pretty early on. Uh, I, I, um, I found like, like a, what do you call it? Fishing lure, uh, clear, clear fishing lure vinyl. And I would like pigment it with like nail pigments, like pigments that you'd get for like nail salon, like uh, nail polishes, making your own nail polish and stuff. And it was, it, it was just so, it was like working with snot, you know, it was just like really <laughs> hard to get the the colors right and, and to get the pigments to filter right. And, and so just years and years of trying to perfect that, I finally, finally met a chemist. And it was, I was searching for some solvents. I was trying to find some, some uh, vinyl thinner. I wanted to make my own vinyl thinner because I wasn't really happy with the vinyl thinner I was getting at the time because it was, it was just one very, very toxic ingredient. And, and kind of, you know, for the price of what it was and what it was saying, it was like, it wasn't even really, it's vinyl thinner, but it's really just methyl isobutyl, you know, ketone. And so I'm just kind of like, okay, this is just, pretty much 100% methyl isobutyl ketone. I need to just find somebody who sells methyl isobutyl ketone and then kind of like tweak it a little bit so that I can make it a little bit more environmentally friendly, but still do the same thing. And in searching for that, I met a chemist in Atlanta. Um, I'm about 45 minutes south of Atlanta. And he was the technical director at this paint factory. And he'd been making paint since the 70s. And he was actually one of the guys that formulated a special kind of vinyl paint for use on cans, like canned foods. So back in the day, they used to apparently use this kind of like vinyl paint slash ink, you know, coating, like a vinyl coating that would color the, the canned foods. And so we got to talking and, you know, he I told him my goal, my, you know, try to make paints. And, and he was like, yeah, man, we could, we could, you know, make this a whole operation if you wanted. And I was like, that would be amazing because there's nobody, you know, in the States selling it that isn't importing it and then marking it up, you know, or thinning it down <laughs> with something. And there's nobody really just selling the concentrate, you know? And so, and there's nobody selling ready spray either. You know, you can't get airbrush vinyl paints. And that was always kind of a, a pain, right? You know, uh, oh God, I gotta like, you know, take the concentrate, take this and, you know, add another part of this. So yeah, me and Chuck, me and Chuck just worked on it for about a year, finally got like a standard line of paints out and just like of opaques. And we did some tests on them. You know, we did, we ran them through some of the longevity tests where you take the paint and you paint a toy with it and then we put it in a freezer then we put it in an oven then we take it out and we put it in the freezer and we put an oven and it do that every day for two weeks and that basically like what doing that does is it shows you what's going to happen after you know like 20 or 30 years you know and so after doing that you couldn't scratch it off with a toothpick you know it was still solid on there and so i was like all right man we made it we made some good stuff so yeah then it was just figuring out how to you know bottle it up and get a get a website going and everything and and I, I think what really kind of inspired me to take it so seriously and, and make it into 
such a a business um, instead of just like a hobby was that idea going back to that, what we were talking about earlier of, you know, when you find yourself stressing out, you know, over putting food on the table and being able to like pay your bills and stuff like that, because I didn't sell enough toys this week, you know, because like I didn't, you know, get enough people noticing this release that I just dropped, you know, all that kind of stuff. When you get to that point, it's really nice to have, you know, that day job. And so I was like, man, wouldn't it be a dream if I could find a way to make my day job feed into my toys too? You know, it's like, <laughs> I like, and, and, and to, and to love it in a way that's like, this is, this is helping other toy makers, you know, like getting, getting other, getting affordable product out there that people can get like, that are like me, you know, that are looking for something that's, that they don't have to stress out about if it's going to like stick to the toys or not. And uh, so, yeah, it all just kind of, it was just a happy, it all just kind of came together in such a good way. And yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm very thankful that it's, that it's been working out and it's definitely taken the edge off of things and allowed me to, to kind of step back and just enjoy the process of making the toys more and not so much worrying about whether they're going to sell or not. Cause you know, knock on wood, <laughs> the vinyl paint business is doing good and we, we, we want to keep growing things and keep making it even better. I know we're working on a non-toxic formula right now, actually, that is going to be like an acrylic based vinyl paint for all the people out there that don't have spray booths and can't, you know, afford, you know, the, the respirators and all that kind of stuff. They want to just do this as like a hobby where they're just, you know, working with something that maybe not even using an airbrush, just kind of painting it on by hand. You know, we're, we're working on that right now. So hopefully soon, maybe in a year or so we'll, we'll have that. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. The amount of fans I need to have going with my tiny homemade spray booth and like that would be amazing i i am very i mean and also your paint is fabulous i know everyone says this and i know you know it and i know everyone else in the custom world knows it already but if you don't know it and you're an artist who is like how do i get into vinyl painting like please just do yourself a favor and go buy some vinyl wonder and everything will be good but well, it's all it's all thanks to Chuck. Yeah, I, I can't I can't take credit for it. It really is. It's all Chuck is the godsend here. You know, I, I owe everything to him. He's the he's the brains behind it. I just all I do is I just like, hey man, it'd be cool if we could get like a Godzilla blue, you know, to match this like Marasan toy I have. And he's like, yeah, okay, I can do that. You know, he'll work on it for a couple of weeks, and then boom, he'll have it. And I'll just be like, ah, oh, you're amazing, Chuck. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. So James, like what, uh, you know, I, I think you mentioned how difficult it was, you know, when you got started in terms of getting toys made and now it's much more accessible. We have, you know, you know, different manufacturers here in the States that can do soft vinyl, you know, you're creating the paint to, to, to paint toys. I feel like it's sort of having a re renaissance where it's so much more accessible. What would... What advice would you give to other people who are either just starting out or looking to get started in toy making or sculpting or kind of any creative field? But what advice would you want to give to people get, getting started? Hmm, that's tricky. I'm, I'm, you know, when it comes to giving advice, 
I'm very hesitant uh, because what might work for one person is, is, is very wrong for another person. You know, like I, I like to always tell people, you know, be yourself, but you know, if, if you're kind of, kind of a jerk, maybe, maybe that's not the best advice. Right. So I guess the, maybe sort of modifying that into just be yourself, but without being wrapped up in yourself, you know, just, Once again, like we said earlier, just not to take yourself so seriously. You know, we're making toys and it's supposed to be fun. And you're doing this because what well, you should be doing this because you you want to tap into your inner child and 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 feel feel that, you know, that joy, you know, of making something that can be played with. That's not just sitting up on a wall and can't be touched. You know, this is something that like can be posed and played with and photographed and and it's so much fun. It can it can bring so much joy and spread so much joy with people. And so to just remember that when you're doing it, you know, and to and to just do it for the right reasons. Because if if you're getting into toys because you think like you, you want to jump on a bandwagon, you think, oh, that there's gonna be some good money to be made here and stuff like that, like it, it's it's not you're not you're not gonna make a lot of money at it. You're gonna spend a lot of money, <laughs> but you're not gonna make a lot. You, you, you gotta love it you got to really love it so that's i don't know i get you know, and then also the other thing too is to remember like don't don't compare yourself to other people you know like don't compare yourself to the people you look up to and don't come don't compete with those around you you know just it's a community it's a very small community we're all we all know each other and and it's it's just good to just be friends with everybody you know, and, and to not, you know, get caught up in the, in the, you know, every, every single art scene has its own um, inner circle of, of, what do you call it? The, the quilt, the quilter circle, right? You know, where they, <laughs> the old, the old grandmas get around and gossip and every art scene has that. I remember when I was, you know, when I was living out West and trying to get into like the, the paint the fine art painting scene like you know there's there's always going to be no matter what scene you're in if you're in comic books if you're in you know uh you know the music industry if you're in the film industry there's always going to be pe every, people that talk badly about other people and if you can just kind of center yourself and just and 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 not allow yourself to to kind of participate in that if you can just kind of be equally welcoming to everyone and equally nice and polite and humble to everyone you're going to get along great in the toy scene and you're going to have fun because there's a lot of really awesome people there's a lot of really talented people and you know we're all just having fun making toys absolutely that's true for, I wish that was true for all of life. <laughs> I know, I know it's, but you know, you really can, you know, you can, you can find the good people in any part. If you look for the good people and stay away from that. Yeah. Yeah. You totally can. Yeah. And even the bad people, you know, if you can just try to have compassion for them instead of, you know, reserving judgment, you know, like, you might find 
you might find that they're not so bad, you know, when you talk to them. Now, some some people are. Some people are just bad. There's there's a lot of just bad people that do really bad things, and you know we've we've seen that unfortunately without getting too into it in the in the past year, you know some really sad things happening because bad people doing bad things, and. But if you, you found know, your, found yourself with, I think if you find if you surround yourself with other creative people, yes. And that's the beauty of our community is it's creative people who want real creative people want to help other people be creative. And, and James, your story is fabulous because you've done all this stuff. And even from making paints and toys, it's all a great creative journey. You you have done creative things in a variety of aspects in life. It's truly inspiring. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I, that's, I, that's, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, and it's, you're humble. That's the beauty of it all. Right. Rick? Like he's still just changed. I'm not trying to like, uh, really play down or anything. You know, I'm not trying to be so humble that, 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 you know, I don't know. I don't know the words that I'm trying to kind of express right now, but, but I guess all I'm saying is like, you know, it, there, there has, I have put a lot of work into where how i've gotten here a lot of sleepless nights a lot years and years and years of struggle <laughs> and of, of of not knowing you know where my place was in, in the world it's, it's it's taken me a long time to kind of like um center myself and, and realize that i don't have to try so hard and that no one really does you know and it's was that would that be what you would tell the young self Yes. Yes, definitely. I, I wish I could. I wish I could go back and tell, yeah. tell young, young James, like, dude, like it's all going to come together. You just got to be patient. You just got to keep working and you just got to enjoy what you're doing. You know, cause like I was going to do it regardless, you know, all the things I did, I was going to do them regardless of, of, of the anxiety and the stress that, that ate around, away at me to, to, to like sort of push me, you know, like I didn't really need that. Like, I've always enjoyed making art. I've always enjoyed getting, you know, getting my hands dirty in paint. You know, I've always enjoyed everything surrounding all kinds of artistic processes. And so that that sort of thing that society has tricked us into believing that that, that capitalism has has gotten us all to to focus on is that like you can't do it unless you hustle, hustle, hustle. You gotta hustle, hustle, hustle. You got to work so hard and you got to stress out and you got to freak out and you got to get on all the social media apps and you got to do all these things and you got to beat the algorithm and you got to do this and you got to, and you, and, and you can't sleep and you got to take drugs and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like all this stuff, you know, it's like, you don't have to do any of that. If you genuinely just want to make art, like it, you could just forget about all that and don't listen to malarkey and just let the, you know, let you just listen to yourself, listen to your inner spirit and just kind of like take some time to breathe and just take some time to stretch and take some time to walk through the woods with your dogs, you know, and just like chill and just like be good to yourself. It's like, I wish I could just tell myself that in the past. Cause like, there's so many years where I was not good to myself. And I, I like, I mean, I used to have to be, you know, I'll, t I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. I used to have to take antipsychotics. I used to have to take antipsychotics 
and not just one antipsychotic. I'd take an antipsychotic and an antidepressant in combination with, you know, pretty rampant drug use. Like I, I was a mess. <laughs> and and it, it took me a while before I could get to a place where I don't need any of that. I don't need any of that. And I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just breathing now. You know, I'm just trying to be present and I'm just trying to like play with my dogs, you know? <laughs> just enjoy the life. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to enjoy life. Yeah, just the little things. Just the just the little things. Just like when it's a nice day, just being like, I'm gonna go out and walk some trails, you know? And like unplug, you know, or just like oh man, I've had a really stressful week. I'm just going to sit down and just like pick up my oil paintbrush and just like put on Pee Wee Herman in the background and just like oil paint, you know? And it's just like, it's like, it's like, it's all just like, we're, we're so lucky this life. We have so many opportunities to, to just like, you know, not everybody has that. You know, I, I know I'm not, I'm, I know I come from a place of privilege and, and I, I recognize that and I'm very thankful of my, of my, what I have, you know, but we can all find calmness in life if we look for it, if we try to cut out all the, the noise, you know, and that's, it, it can be a, a hard habit to break, but it can, it can be done. Thank you so much for sharing that, James. I mean, I, I think you are a paragon of living the advice that you're, you're offering. And I think it's really inspiring. I know I'm like, oh, yeah, just calm the nervous system down and you have to freak out less because designer cons right around the corner yeah. as we're recording this. And I'm like, oh my gosh. But uh, yeah, this this has been an absolute pleasure. Where can our listeners and viewers, I guess, uh, where, where can people find you? What's the best place to learn more about you, your artwork, your paint, all of the good stuff? Oh, well, I sell my toys at wondergoblin.com and then I sell my paint at vinylwonder.com. And um, I'm kind of on Instagram and, and that's about it. And if, if you, you know, you could, you can email me if you really want to talk. My email is on my website. You could just hit the, the contact thing and it has my email there. And yeah, yeah. But it, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to any conventions in person this year, but next year, I'm I'm gonna really try. I'm gonna go to I want to go to Japan, and so you know, hopefully I can meet some people, meet some of you there. Maybe at Superfest. I'm thinking, you know. Also uh, next year I'll I'll hopefully we'll do Kaiju Cult again. So that'll be a cool cool place to hang and meet people in person. That's the local Atlanta thing that Chris Langro puts on every year. But uh, yeah, other than that, just those websites online. That's 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 me. That's where I am. Well, I will see you in Japan then, for sure. Awesome. <laughs> wait, can't That'll wait. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to I'm excited to go to Japan. I'm, I've been saving up for a while and got a lot I want to do. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm probably just gonna stay. I, I think I'm just gonna stay for like a month because, you know, it's. It's cost so much to get out there, you know, and, you know, it takes so long to get there. I just want to kind of like stay and really be able to kind of get a feel for it, you know? 
<laughs> I will send you places to go, my friend. <laughs> oh, yeah, please do. Please do. I'm looking for them. Yeah. I, I, between Rick and I, we'll get you lots of good places and some friends out there. Um, awesome. Sweet. <laughs> this has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Any last things you wanted to, to say before we sign off? And, and um, before you do, though, it's like this been truly inspiring and, and a touching podcast. So I just wanted to say thank you before you said the last word. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I, I have no last words, but thank thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you for taking the time to, to get to know me a little better and listening and talking. And it's been fun. Awesome. Thank you so much, James, for being here. Thanks for checking out another episode of Origins, A Creative Journey. Please follow slash subscribe on whatever platform you're streaming us on. And if any suggestions on guests, interviews, comments on the podcast, or just want to say hi, email us at deconpodcast at gmail.com or visit us at designercon.com slash podcast. Yeah, we know our email address is kind of embarrassing. Please write in and tell us about it.